Welcome to CBuzz, Columbus's first business-focused podcast presented by the Columbus Chamber of Commerce and Capital University. Our award-winning show brings you inspiring stories of wisdom and ambition as we speak with leaders from our region's business community. My name is Michaela Hunt. I'm a brand journalist and your CBuzz host. We're coming to you from our home at Capital University's Convergent Media Center, a collaborative space where students and faculty from diverse areas of study, including music, film, creative writing, and digital media are empowered to collaborate together in new and exciting ways. All of the guests on our show are current members of the Columbus Chamber of Commerce, so if you're interested in learning more about a membership for your business, be sure to visit the Chamber's website at columbus.org. We hope our conversation will really compel you to think outside of the box when it comes to your business and professional careers. On today's episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with Betsy Pandora, Executive Director of the Short North Alliance. So good to have you here. Welcome to CBuzz. Thank you so much for inviting me. Well, I know it's an exciting conversation anytime we get the opportunity to talk about the Short North, and I have the woman in front of me who has the inside scoop on all that is happening, so I'm going to take advantage of our time together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fire away. (laughs) So, you know, there's so many things going on in this city, Betsy. I don't have to tell you that. And our listeners who enjoy this program. So much building, people coming into the city, and really from development projects to streetscape improvements, managing growth in an area like the Short North, I know we have plenty to talk about. But I want to start with some basic background information. Elaborate a little more on the work of the Short North Alliance and specifically what you're doing in your role. Sure. Well, I like to say to people that I keep the lights on and the streets clean. Um, <laughs> as executive director of the Short North Alliance, I would I would say that my role is constant and creative problem solving. Um, I was literally just talking with someone the other day about how the job is often like being a chef, where you're just taking the ingredients that you have and making something amazing out of it, um, um, because that's, that's literally how I, I spend my day. Um, as an organization, we oversee... Uh, programming that deals with everything from panhandling to parking. Um, we and literally su- everything uh, in between. And literally everything in between. We, uh, we support marketing the district to visitors. We help advocate the interests of over 400 businesses and over 700 property owners. Um, we happen to plan some pretty amazing events. Yes, uh, you as do. well as programs and promotions uh, and festivals. Um, but lately, our work has become more significantly focused on public art development. Uh, we just completed a project that added the tallest murals to the city of Columbus. Are these these murals that I'm seeing that everybody is taking pictures with on Instagram these, right now? These are them. These are these are those murals. Yes. So we worked in collaboration with the new graduate hotel that just opened last week in the short north uh, to lead a national artist call and um, add 11,000 square feet of space uh, covered in public art murals to that building. The project's incredible. It's called The Journey, and it features uh, the story of Columbus as a city of prosperity and a city that's welcoming to new Americans. Uh, a, a local Somali community leader named Hoden Muhammad is prominently featured in the mural, too. Um, so that's that's a lot of the work. That's a pretty broad range of work that we, uh, that we touch upon in the neighborhood. Do you have people that help you? <laughs> so I mean, I do. Question. I, I have an amazing team. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So yeah. what are some of the other folks in your team? What are they working There's on? A, so we have a, a full-time team of five uh, administrative staff. We also have a team of safety and um, support ambassadors that uh, are out on the street 18 hours a day. Um, and there's six of them at the peak season. Um, so there's, there's, and there's a lot of, you know, 
we've got almost 30 board member volunteers that, that will help support various things too. So there's a lot of folks that we look after, but we have an incredible team and, and get a lot done. A lot of people who have an interest in that area for yeah. so many different reasons in our community that's supporting you. Absolutely. So it's interesting about these murals because when I look back at your career and the little bit that I know about you before you came <laughs> in to sit with me, um, before you joined the Short North Alliance, you spent a lot of your career in the local arts sector working for organizations like the Wexner Center for the Arts, which we all know and love, at its Education Outreach and Development Coordinator um, in the Center's Education Department and as a strategic planning assistant in the director's office. You were with Public Health, though, actually, Columbus Public Health, also most recently, where you expanded programs like Columbus's Art Walks, or Columbus Art Walks. So let's walk a little bit through that career path. I mean, you've been in a few different places. Did you always want to work in the civic sector with that background that you have? That's a great question. Um, You know, I think my passion has always centered on work that helps people find community. And uh, my, my background, my real roots are in the performing arts. Um, uh, and early in my career, I, you know, went from being a performer to someone that was really interested in helping to support and elevate art and artists. I just, I became, I made that pivot where it was less about performing and more about elevating and sharing performance and, and art in general. Let me ask you, Sure. how did you make that pivot? Because that really is critical when you're moving in a different direction. What was the moment where you made that pivot from being the performer to that? You know, it was sometime in college where I just became so interested in um, making greater awareness and making sure that people had awareness of the great work that, you know, my friends and I were doing, um, that I kind of became really good at it. And um, it's it's something that I genuinely enjoy. I genuinely enjoy that moment of somebody else discovering the beautiful, interesting, creative, artistic, emotive uh, aspect of of uh, the Columbus arts community, but um, art and the performing arts in general. Today, um, I, you know, I think that my role is still that. Uh, my my work is that, but it's also helping a community like the Short North Arts District be empowered and be strengthened through creativity. Because at the core of the Short North is that that artist, right? And that feel, and us as p- the public experiencing that and all the new things that come out of the work that's done. That is that is the most unique aspect of the neighborhood. I mean, you could visit any neighborhood in Columbus, but the fact that there's such a dense concentration of independently owned art galleries um, and there are such creative people, they don't have to call themselves artists to be creative people, but some of the most exciting entrepreneurs in the city have opened up doors and, and established their roots on High Street. Um, so it's it's a it's uh, it's a creative soup. Uh, uh, which and is you're the chef. And I'm the chef. You're yeah. the chef. Your undergrad was in theater. Yeah. And so you have your master's. Then talk about the pivot from Ohio State's Austin E. Knowlton School of Architecture, and you specifically studied in the college's city and regional planning program. So I've, again, incredibly interesting, given that your undergrad was in theater. Why did you decide to pursue that? How does it tie back to the pivot you made? And would you recommend that? other budding business leaders consider continuing their education that way as well. If they have an area of interest, a specialty that might work well in another area. Yeah, I mean, I I absolutely would recommend um, advanced education. I'm a lifelong learner, and I was one of those students who just genuinely enjoyed being a student and being in school. Um, that's not everybody, so you know, graduate education and advanced degrees may not be for everybody. But I absolutely enjoyed it, and. 
I, I knew for myself that an advanced degree was a life goal and it was something I wanted to do. And as I began investigating options to achieve that life goal, I looked at a ton of stuff. And what resonated the most with me was city and regional planning because I viewed it as a civic MBA. And I use things that I learned in my master's program every single day every single day in my job, every single day and in, in the way that I work with people. Um, and I just, I had a phenomenal experience. So I, you know, I would, I would, I'm a fan. I would recommend <laughs> it. Um, and it's, but, and it's, I think it helped to others that I, that I did it. You, and you literally created your path. I mean, you went from this love of art and theater, knowing that you were kind of good in that community space and that's what you wanted to do, help others find community and then chose that master's based on that. And not everybody knows exactly how to dial down into that. And it's something you were able to do when you were in your twenties. That's true. So the Short North Arts District, as we mentioned in our intro, is home to more than 400 businesses and around 700-ish property owners. Um, all of this is about 4 million square feet total of residential and commercial building space. So I know you guys advocate for the district's success, improving those public spaces through creative placemaking and really engaging your unique stakeholders as we're talking about. Safety, as you mentioned, um, arts and culture program development. It truly is a full-time job. So you, you mentioned you only have those five full-time staff members and a four-person ambassador team. How do you approach the work your organization is doing? How do you prioritize? Because I think some of our listeners probably are in organizations where so much is coming at them. They're, they're working on so much. How do they begin to prioritize based on what the mission is? Sure. I mean, uh, in our in every day, we have to be nimble. You have to be nimble. You have to be agile and ready to spring into action on kind of whatever comes your way. On any day in the work that we do as an organization, an unexpected set of issues and challenges may emerge, and our team has to make sure that we are not only educated about what's happening and um, how to problem solve in, in any instance, but how, uh, how we can make sure that we are best connected to the people that we serve so that we can pull them into action and we can create that army to get the work done. What are some of the specific resources or tools you utilize to make that happen? I mean, in your world, what does project management look like? What are some of these things to make sure the priorities are in place and you're daily working on what you need to be working on? Uh, I mean, it comes down to organization, communication, and having an amazing trusting team. So I, I cannot stress enough, the team at the Short North Alliance, they're a really amazing team of people. And, you know, as a teeny tiny little group of folks, we work exceptionally well together. Um, but we're really, really good Good as a team at understanding each other's strengths and the strengths of literally the 10,000 people that work within the neighborhood that we serve. We know who to call upon for help. We know how to activate folks and, um, and make something happen. And you have to do that when the resources are only X and you've got to achieve Y and Y is looking pretty big. <laughs> Um, so, you know, I, I can't sing the praises of the team that I work with enough and, and the incredible, um, board members and folks that serve, uh, with us as well. Um, they're stellar. They, the team is an, an incredible group of servants to the short North community. 
Um, but being nimble, being flexible, and um, being able to roll with those punches is a big piece of why we're effective. And rolling with them, I mean, I could see how that could happen. You have probably a lot of questions that come at you on a regular basis, given all the change that you're seeing, the construction, um, streetscape improvements. I want to talk a little bit about that because sure. the Short North really is considered a model for urban revitalization by so many people. And you guys in the city of Columbus, you've been working towards the completion of a $30 million streetscape improvement and beautification project. And we're going to see things out there like 56,000 square feet of sidewalk space and increased metered parking spaces. <laughs> I'll underline that. Uh, not to mention more than $400,000 of those funds are going to be dedicated to those public arts projects. So really, what can visitors, now we are where we are, what can visitors expect out of some of these improvements? What are we going to be seeing coming up? Well, it's it's here. <laughs> the improvements are here. All you have to do is walk out, walk down, walk on down to High Street in the Short North, and um, and and we hope that you and your listeners do that early and often. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because they are here. Uh, years ago, it was apparent to us that the visitor traffic and the condition of the district in no way was um, poised to be equipped to serve the district of the future. I mean, it was just, a, it was crumbling sidewalks and, you know, we, we you could see the tidal wave of growth coming on the horizon. So we went to the city and said, city, you know, this is uh, the epicenter of the city. This is an area that helps sell conventions. It helps us do economic development. It helps support the livelihoods of small business owners. Um, we need to make a change. And we're incredibly grateful that the city heard us and planned for it um, and invested in a $30 million streetscape renovation that um, is wrapping up. So it is, wrap <laughs> it so is so wrapping we will, up. So we will see small, small <laughs> you, changes. You will see a teeny little amount of construction sequestered to a very small area of the neighborhood for the remainder of this year. And then by the end of this year, everything will be finished by the end of 2019. Um, there'll be a couple of fin finishing touches that come online in early 20. Um, one of those being a public art project that the city of Columbus is leading with an artist based in New York, but he was born in Ohio, named Mark Regelman, um, that will create um, an, a stunning sculpture, tallest sculpture in the city at Hubbard and high called the Maker's Monument. Um, so, so once that baby goes in um, and, and all of the other sort of finishing touches and final plants and flowers and all of that get put in the proper places, then the streetscape <laughs> and improvements project will be done and, and, and there will be no more construction. The Maker's Monument. Obviously, yeah. we can kind of guess who that's for, but yeah. what is it going to look like? Can you give us a little clue into what you think it'll be? Sure. So it's a sculpture that has like a crystalline shape. It looks like a, a big, gorgeous um, kind of crystal formation that's shooting out of uh, the streetscape um, that is perforated with thousands of cutout images of items that have been manufactured in Columbus throughout its history. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool sculpture. It'll be made of stainless steel. Um, and it'll be something that you'll want to discover and encounter and pique your curiosity. And um, we're excited that the city uh, is doing that project and we can't wait to see it come to fruition. Since you just have a teeny bit left, tell me what it's been like as we look back. What has your organization's approach really been to handling the onslaught of just new development, redevelopment? It, it felt like for a couple years there, I was down there constantly and there was something new happening. There was a new crane up. What? How have you guys handled that? So we, you know, as an organization, 
um, we we play a support role, right? Like we we are a service based organization that in no way has authority over what development happens and where um, or, or any of those those details. We could we we essentially catch the byproduct of of a lot of those things. Um, in in my tenure with the organization, which you know is about six years, we've seen over a million square feet of additional building area added to the district. I mean, that's like a whole other layer of the city. It's, right. It's, it's pretty incredible. Um, and, and it can feel like a lot, right? It can feel like a lot. I, I, but the city as a whole is growing. Um, and I think, you know, we have tried very hard to make sure that through that growth period, we as an organization have been fostering connection among, um, all of those folks in our community, um, and during this growth spurt. Uh, and, and we've, we've also advocated for things to the benefit of the community, I think, during that growth spurt too, from making sure that there's adequate public parking. And we did that through advocating for public parking garages to be built or making sure that there's, um, we're capitalizing on all this development activity and, and convincing the private sector to invest in art investments like the journey murals that I just talked about. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a lot for people to live through. It's not the only place in Columbus that is experiencing growth and construction and a boom. We just happen to be the first place in the Columbus recently and, and contemporarily where we've experienced that. And I've said, so goes the short North, so goes Columbus. There's a lot of things that happen in the short North that kind of test themselves and work themselves out. And our construction boom is just a component of that. So we've, we've convened conversations. We've, um, facilitated uh, a variety of creative solutions to help people live through sort of a pain point of construction, but it's almost over. And I think that we've emerged a much stronger community because we had this opportunity to come together during it. Kind of the cheerleader of it all. Absolutely. Even though there are pain points, there's going to yep. be a great outcome. What would you say to folks about the PR and marketing aspect of that? Because there are people who work for companies here who might be going through something similar when it comes to growth in some way, shape, or form. I mean, communicate that message, you had indicated that your team, you have great communication. Communicating it to your stakeholders, communicating it to people who are interested in that area, what did PR and marketing look like during that massive redevelopment time? Well, when you're you're dealing with so much happening at once, good information is, you know, like, like water, right? Like it's essential. You, you must be able to give people good information. And good information doesn't necessarily mean happy, pleasant, you know, like rah-rah information, right? It means the facts. And um, we were insistent that we make sure that businesses had the facts every day and in, in going through um, uh, a significant moment like that, particularly last year. Um, and there was some an incredible support team from the city of Columbus to Murphy Epson to um, uh, the contractors and, and Complete General and Corda and MKSK who all worked on that big project all played a significant role in partnership with us to help communicate that good information, but it's it's a it's a moment. It is a moment, <laughs> and, and there, there can be a few moments sometimes. Speaking of that, mm -hmm. and this is the only other time I'll ask this question. Okay. It is no secret that parking has been a hurdle. I mean, we've all experienced it, um, and you know, with more than four million visitors a year, it's no surprise. I mean, at the end of the day, when we're looking for a parking space, we're not thinking about the other people that are out there each year looking for it there. 
Um, but there's a lot of work taking place to alleviate, as you alluded to, some of those concerns. So you were saying that you guys kind of came to the table to really have that discussion with the city, yes? Mm-hmm. And maybe the impetus for change in some plans that had already been created and, and, and maybe got some more. I don't know if that's accurate or not, well, we but we rose I'm our asking. hands. I mean, uh, prior to my time, um, our organization and a consortium of community stakeholders rose their hands and said, look... We've got a bit of a thing going on here with parking. It ain't getting any better. No. Um, uh, Somebody be be smart and come up with some good solutions. And, you know, thankfully, again, the city rose to the challenge and um, uh, led um, a a pretty significant and lengthy planning process. I I think in total, that planning process, bookend to bookend, um, was somewhere in the neighborhood of four years. Um, and it was a it was a really extensive and um, intense experience that I think has resulted in an, in, an incredible outcome. Um, we are pleased with how everyone has adopted the changes and has really, really embraced new opportunities for parking in the short north as a result of some really hard and important and necessary work. So I know it sounds like it was very detailed. Yeah. Um, how, when you go through a process like that, as you were saying, about four years, mm-hmm. did you work with a consultant? How did that work? I mean, how, how yeah. do organizations go through this? How do they come together to start it? And, and it, it's hard to put it briefly sure. with four years of experience yeah. in this process. But how would you say the steps look? Yeah, if you it's had three to summarize? things. It's the best information that you can possibly get a crazy amount of patience and an incredible amount of negotiation. I mean, that's, that's how all of that got done. And, you know, I think we as an organization have such uh, a good relationship with the members of our community that we could really collect that feedback and come up with trade-offs and, and figure out what it took to get us across the finish line. Um, because today, I can tell you, there is more parking than there has ever been before. You hear me? More parking <laughs> than there has ever been before in the short north. There's over 8,000 parking spaces on, on High Street wow. and, and surrounding areas in the short north. Um, the enhancements that the city has rolled out, well, you know, um, uh, are still new to our community and, and people are still learning about them, have been incredible at making that experience for parking so much easier um, and better than it's ever been um, and, and so much simpler to understand too. So we're we're pleased with the outcome, but you know, it, it takes work to get to a really solid and awesome outcome like that. What, what's so cool. And, and I think about this, given that we are, you know, Columbus is the smart city that we've been working on that, you know, for a while, the implementation of this new parking technology really means some new opportunities for data collection. And I know we're, we're in that place where, where data is a thing that we need looking at data from like an all encompassing viewpoint. How does the Short North Alliance use data to make and execute decisions as you move forward? I mean, so it's very interesting what the parking component will do, but how will some of that influence decision making and maybe ideas on how to use data in other ways? Totally. I mean, data, of course, is important, right? You know, information and and uh, in particular, analytics are are incredibly important. Um, we, I think, have benefited as of late with some of the parking data because we can actually see how policy translates into action. Uh, for example, the city did a price adjustment back in June at our urging um, to reduce some of the prices on street um, daytime. And literally, you could see overnight in the data that the city was generating that it 
instantly drove up customer traffic in the district just making that small tweak. So that affirmed, hey, we're not crazy. Like we, we know what we're asking for. And, you know, these guys have some kind of qualitative thoughts on what matters to them in, t- in terms of, of action and policy, these guys being businesses. Um, but when you have those data points, it allows for us to be much more compelling in our advocacy. And um, and it's, you know, the sky's the limit, I guess, in, in, in terms of how we'll use data to help make decisions for the future. And you're the chef. Uh, exactly. Right. So you're going to look at, you're going to be informed by the data to yep. be able to make some really interesting decisions when you're working with your stakeholders. Absolutely. So, I mean, growth is exponential in Columbus. We know that. We're slated to add 1 million additional residents to the city by 2050, which is a lot of people. Um, as someone with, you know, this immense experience in urban planning and revitalization, what do you really think will be the key factors our community will have to achieve to ensure that growth is really successful and sustainable in the long term, especially now that you've gone through this process with parking. I mean, we're just going to add people. So what are your thoughts on that? It's just bodies and bodies and bodies, right? They're coming. They're coming like a tidal wave. It's it's incredible. I was born in Columbus. I've lived in Columbus my entire life. It is so cool to watch Columbus arrive. It's just so cool. I don't, I don't know if you have that experience too. If you've been here for a while, I came um, about I came about ten years ago, yeah. and it's amazing to see oh, the change incre- oh, in ten, ten years. Ten years is insane. It's absolutely insane. It's a great question, and and it's an exciting question as a planner, let alone a Columbus gal who's been here and and weathered you know all, all, all shades of it, right? Yeah. Um, uh, and what's exciting about it as a planner is that, you know, these big future changes mean that we have lots of work to do today and that we get the opportunity to shape that future. So I, looking at Columbus's future, I think those key factors that will help us be sustainable and manage growth successfully long-term are transportation, affordable housing, and education and workforce readiness. I think those are the three big ingredients that you need to help deal with uh, the growth trajectory that we have mapped out. The world is changing rapidly, and we have to reorient ourselves to not only understand the change that's coming from automation um, to, you know, climate to you name it. I mean, there's a lot of change coming and ensure that our future is realized in a way that values equity and inclusion as we have this growth and 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 um, hopeful success strategy or uh, a pathway in front of us. I'm, I'm particularly thrilled to see Columbus 2020's recent um, uh, renaming to One Columbus and their orientation and focus on not just economic development, but on social well-being and on prosperity for the region. And and I think that hits upon those three key buckets of affordable housing, transportation, and education, and um, workforce readiness. Because I can see how you guys are in that mix. If you can get everyone into your district to experience it from all different parts of central Ohio, if you can get people there working from all different socioeconomic classes, like all of those things create a more vibrant community and and, and look like our future. Absolutely. I mean, and, it, and you know, the issues that uh, so goes short north, so goes Columbus. I mean, we can do it in the short north and then goodness, I think the rest of the city's got 
I got shot. So let's think a little bit about visitors as well. People who aren't from here like you or a transplant like me. Um, You know, we have a lot of people coming in. There's a thousand new hotel beds in and around the short North Arts District. And as of 2019, the greater Columbus area is welcoming about 41 million visitors or more each year who spend a lot of money in this community. How is the Short North Alliance really adjusting to this influx of visitors to its neighborhood, people who are coming to stay. And do you have any advice for the business community on how to best handle this particular kind of expansion as you're getting ready for visitors to come into the area? Sure. I mean, well, it's it's still coming, right? Like these, they, the the one hotel, the graduate hotel just opened last week in the short north. So there's like there's a lot of hotel rooms that are not even open yet, and and so many more. So the that the we're experiencing a lot of visitors already, but there is a, a tidal wave of visitors just as there is a tidal wave of population um, on the way to us. Um, but it is on its way. And I think the business community is is really excited for that influx of visitors. Um, part of the reason why we pushed for the streetscape project and and the parking enhancements is because we, you know, have a sense of of the growth and tourism is a major, major economic driver in Columbus. And we have an understanding that the short north is a not to miss destination in the city. I mean, when you come to the Columbus, the the experience that you have that defines that Columbus experience is is High Street in the short north. There's 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 kind of nothing like it in the city, and it's kind of hard to find another place like it nationally. Completely agree. What's really really interesting is uh, the ASAE convention, the American um, Society of Association Executives convention that was recently in Columbus. Um, was the single largest day of pedestrian traffic that we have seen in the district uh, ever. And that was not a huge convention. But what's really interesting about that group is um, they generated an incredible amount of interest in our city, which I think translated to people who live in our city having interest in our city. And, uh, and it brought them out. Uh, so, you know, I think that there's so many ancillary benefits that come from growth and tourism and um, business means business. Uh, and, and that's a good thing for a district that is predominantly small businesses. Um, 88% of the businesses that are located um, on and just around High Street in the Short North Arts District are locally under headquartered businesses. So in order for them to thrive and be successful, we need to continue to grow opportunities for them. Last question for you. I, I've really enjoyed the conversation. I could talk with you for so much longer, but I want to talk about innovation. Um, innovation is critical for any business to survive in any environment. And many would agree that the best innovation is spurred by community partnerships. So through a partnership with Experience Columbus and Orange Barrel Media, the Short North Alliance installed a digital kiosk program in December of 18 that featured custom branding and a means of really wayfinding security Wi-Fi data collection. You guys are leading in the way really in a lot of areas of innovation. Talk about how you've prioritized that and how you really ensure that your team is working every day towards that? Sure. Um, Innovation is critically important. And we spend um, a lot of time thinking about innovation, but we also think about relevancy. 
And I think when you serve so many diverse constituents, there's a lot of opinions, right? You've, you, you've, you've got to find that balance between established thinking and, um, and new ways of thinking. And uh, innovation is absolutely something that we push for. But I, you know, I think at its core, what helps move us to a place of innovation is an appreciation for arts and culture and creativity. And I think that's what we do so well as an organization and what we um, have done very well as a neighborhood is that we've continued to embrace art and creativity as the ethos of the community. Um, that inherently fosters innovation. Innovation isn't just data and, and you know, digital wayfinding, though that's pretty cool. Um, it's, it's how we celebrate each other's connection. Um, so, you know, we're, we're focused on it and it's a big component of the work that we do. And, uh, we continue, continue to be, um, uh, excited innovators every single day. So one follow up to that question is when it comes to innovation, some, some organizations, they struggle. So what would you tell those who are out there struggling trying to find their way with innovation and trying to get that spark of innovation going within, what advice would you give them? Well, the advice that I would give, I would say, is specific to being in Columbus. Columbus is known for a model of collaboration uh, called the Columbus Way. And um, that, that Columbus Way prides itself on public-private partnerships and on cross-sector collaboration and on non-traditional folks reaching out to each other and not only finding common things to coalesce around, but um, being just enthusiastically excited about helping the other succeed. Um, so I think all we have to do or all someone would have to do to, to help find that core of innovation or, or spark that idea is to, is to have a conversation and uh, tap, into to, it. To tap into it because that is something that we are good at in spades in this city. And I feel like people should invite people in to speak to their organization sure. who are in those spaces. Yes. Wink, wink, kind of like you. <laughs> I'm sure your speaker's like schedule is full. But when it comes to that, to get that conversation happening in front of their employees who might be struggling or, or different departments that might be. So, I, I, yeah, I think that's so key to have the conversations. Mm -hmm. Betsy Pandora, we could talk for so much longer. Executive Director of the Short North Alliance, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for inviting me. This is fun. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know by leaving a review for our show on iTunes or on your preferred podcatcher. This really helps other listeners find our show and helps us to plan future episodes. We do read all of your feedback. It's important to us. CBuzz is a collaboration with Capital University and is recorded at its Convergent Media Center. We want to thank their talented students, faculty, and staff for helping bring this program to life for you, our listeners. On behalf of the Columbus Chamber, thank you for joining us, and we'll talk soon. <laughs>